Greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with Scotty Andrews. Now, Scotty is a writer who likes to jump around a little in the genres, although horror, romance, and mystery is where she tends to reside most of the time. You can hear more about that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, But first, I do need to let you know that Wrong Place, Right Crime is proudly sponsored by... Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it at the darker and grittier end of the spectrum. That sounds like something that you would like. You can find out more at their website, downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com, Down and Out Books. Take the journey with us. All right, so let's not fool around. Let's jump straight into talking to Pacific Northwest author Scotty Andrews. Well, hello, Scotty, and welcome to the show. Hello, Frank. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to have you on. It's nice to see you in person, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Almost, yeah. Before we went on mic here, we were talking about how so many of the relationships that we have in the last couple of years have been restricted to email and video conferencing and so forth. Right, yeah. Yeah, some people that I work with now that I only know through video, but you feel like you know them. One of the things we also talked about was hoping it would end soon. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I I actually met you uh, through the Mystery Writers of America's Northwest chapter. Yep. Um, and you are a mystery writer. Uh, and we're going to touch on that. But really, I think it'd be a little more of a fair statement to say you are an eclectic writer because you <laughs> Dibble and dabble in horror and in a couple different shades of romance mm-hmm. and, and so forth. So, and, and you also have a, a dirty little secret that I don't know if I'll, I'll share with the audience or not. Everybody, Google my name right now, <laughs> unless you're at work. It's not. It's not her, folks. Trust me. It's not actually her. But it is pretty funny. Just put author after Scotty Andrews and then you'll actually get her. Yeah. Um, uh, before we talk about your different styles of writing, and I want to start in the mystery realm because that's where uh, I first came to know you. Um, but let's find out just a little bit more about you. One of the things that you told me was that uh, you teach creative writing. I have taught creative writing. Um, uh, I taught it in middle school for a while. That was fun because they're they're getting in touch with their emotions at that age, and so uh, we, had, we had a lot of tearful stories and all kinds of things, passion and all kinds of things. And then I've I've taught some different things at some of the writing conferences and things like that. I do a, a I have a ninety minute session on the horror genre, so I, I really love being up. Uh, either moderating a panel or being up in front of an audience with the microphone. Well, you've got good presence and you keep things moving along. And and and, and when you're part of a group and somebody's doing that, it's always appreciated uh, because groups have a, a tendency to meander if, if, if nobody's hurting things. Right, right. You got to make sure everybody gets their equal time and keep moving them back to topic and well, tell me then about a little bit of your mystery writing, which will really quickly bleed into other genres. Um, well, I've always been a writer, and I have always written the dark stuff. So whether it's supernatural, horror, or crime, or just weird people, I, I've always liked that aspect of watching humanity and the things that people get up to. Uh, so 
that is where I got into mystery. I was introduced to Mystery Writers of America, and I said, uh, but I'm a horror writer. And they said, you know, our, our symbol is Edgar Allan Poe. So it, horror writers welcome because it's part of the mystery. Um, so I felt very at home there. And uh, my mysteries, I don't write traditional kind of open and shut mysteries. I do tend to uh, have a little more scare in them. Well, why do you think that is that you are drawn to this? Because I don't think it's unfair to say that you're a pretty bright person. And I don't mean intelligent that as well, but I I'm, I'm describing more like upbeat and bright, you know, you seem like oh, yeah. a, a happy person and kind of bubbly. My, my point is, is that a happy bubbly person doesn't tend to, you don't tend to think about dark fiction coming from that source right. necessarily. Well, I think I certainly know writers in the mystery and the horror genre that maybe fit um, what you would think of as a writer in that genre who are dark and just stay at home and write these horrifying, creepy things. Um, but I certainly do, from going to conferences and stuff, know many outgoing writers who uh, you'd be surprised at some of the scenes that they've written. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think people would not expect that I would be a horror writer from just from knowing me as a personality. Um, but I have always been drawn to the dark side. Um, I think a lot of it comes from my mother, who that's her favorite genre. So those books are always around the house. Those are the movies that we watched on TV. I remember, you know, being a kid and watching Wuthering Heights with her and just loved that, which led me to read it. I'm, I've always said I'm much more Bronte than Austin, even though Austin's more popular, I think, for movies and stuff. I like the Bronte stuff better. So that was just, you know, I think when things get passed around at your house, we had my, both my parents read a lot and uh, magazines, newspapers and books. And so that was always just laying around the house. Now I have two kids. They're both in college now. They definitely picked that up for me doing the same thing, picking up books that I would leave around the house. And uh, they love the horror genre, too. And I think for me, it's always been a, the intrigue of going to a dark place that other people shy away from and really letting my imagination and my mind reside there for a while. Um, it's very scary, but also very thrilling. And I think mystery writers get the same thing. You know, most of us, anyway, aren't out slitting people's throats, but we might write about somebody who does. And to inhabit that space for a little while, it could be uncomfortable, but almost like a roller coaster, like an adrenaline kind of, oh, you know, I think a lot of people would go, oh, my mind can't go there. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and you do that writing under Scotty Andrews. Yes. But you've also dabbled in the romance field under a different name, Elise Covert. And if, if you're like me, you might read it as Elise Covert the first time you see it uh, because of how it's spelled. Uh, but it is French and it is Covert. And, and you've got five different books under that mm -hmm. pen name, two different series. Now, are the series essentially similar in tone um, or do they differ? Uh, no, I think that they uh, differ. The uh, Circles series is more dark romance, a lot of relationship problems, issues between the two of them, uh, whereas The Renegades is completely just fun. 
uh, I love the characters in it, and it's it's actually very easy for me to write um, that one. Whereas the circles ones, I have to struggle more thinking about the power dynamics and relationship issues and things like that. More of a focus on the interaction between the characters emotionally, right? Whereas right. the Renegade series is Renegades, they're just always on adventures, and things are being thrown at them, and you know it's about this guy who's president of a motorcycle club, but you know. It goes all over the place. They travel and lots of mishaps, but much more of a um, adventure type romance and a lot of laughs. I try to put a lot of humor in it. Even in my horror stuff, I, I can't help but put humor in sometimes because people are funny. And um, one of my catchphrases for myself is a witness to the absurd. I love uh, watching um, people and reading stories and the things that humanity gets up to, whether it's horrifying, which goes into my stories or a lot of times just laughable um, you, you I'm sure you know that too from your previous career just you know, yeah. sometimes you just gotta yeah. what the heck was that yeah. people get into <laughs> some funny situations and they they have some funny observations and your your um, renegade series is a little racy too I mean mm-hmm. you're, you're, you 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 wouldn't call it erotica because the focus is on the relationships but um, prudes need not apply right. Right. And, uh, you know, when you hang out with, I go to romance conferences too, completely different mm-hmm. feel than mystery conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fun. You get to meet a lot of people that are like, hi, my name's Debbie, but I write under the name Desiree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's more pseudonyms at this place than the CIA convention. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, it's all about one of the first things you, they ask is what's your heat level? Uh-huh. Uh, any, everything from mild or, uh, you know, Wholesome. very chaste to, um, you know, very, very spicy. I, I write more on the spicy side. And especially in the Renegades books, it's all about their the beginning of their relationship and uh, how they accidentally meet each other and two very different people. So the sexual activities, of course, are, are a big part of that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it, I think it is a much bigger component to romance than to mysteries. Not that there isn't sex in mysteries, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, plenty of it. But um, I feel like it's it's a question that has to be answered if you're going to write romance. What heat level are you going to write? If you're going to write a mystery, I don't think a question like that comes up. I guess it's a more of a violence version of it, maybe. Right. Yeah, um, it's what what's the purpose of this scene? In uh, mysteries, you you don't have to have sex scenes unless it's part of the story, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes it's very uncomfortable um, <laughs> sex scenes. Uh, but in romance, that's part of the story. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I've talked with writers before, romance writers who say, "Well, I don't like to write the sex scenes part because I think." the characters should have their privacy. I'm like, what? (laughs) The whole point of what I'm reading is I want to be the character. And now you're shutting the bedroom door in my face. I've been reading this for 200 pages. And and I get shut out the last minute. Talk about a tease. (laughs) I know. Speaking of that, though, there are some pretty hilarious scenes that get written. I mean, uh, one of the highlights of left coast crime every year pretty much is the panel that, uh, uh, at least recently Holly West has been the one to moderate it in which the panelists are forced to read some of the worst written sex scenes in mystery over the past year as chosen by some UK magazine or something. Nobody's taking pot shots. 
I, I post on my social media sometimes when the that UK magazine comes out with different ones. But I will point out this because I've gone to those panels where they read the sex scenes. None of them usually are written by romance writers. No, they're they're mostly they're mystery written writers. by mystery writers. All right, right, <laughs> right. And so if some romance writers can't handle writing sex scenes very well, what do you expect from us mystery schlubs? Right. <laughs> Yes. Well, fortunately, that's not usually the point of the story. And it's just uh, something that needs to be addressed for whatever reason to further the story along. So the Renegades series, that's not over yet. Nope. Nope. Meredith and, and Ren still are have a few more um, chapters to go. And before they end up now, the thing about uh, romance and, and you've probably heard this before, but it's not a romance unless it has a happily ever after. Mm-hmm. So I'm not giving anything away by saying, of course, they end up in the end, you know, through all these books, there's an ending that sometimes they have to be apart for a while, but still in a relationship. So they end up together at the end. And but I have several more difficulties and conflicts for them to get through before they end up there. Just out of curiosity, what is it if it's a romance that doesn't have a happily ever after? What is it's it classi- not a romance. What is it classified as? Then? <laughs> Women's fiction, drama, mm. you know, something like that. But it's not a romance. And happily ever after doesn't have to mean marriage, you know, and the white picket fence. It can be happily for now. It just means that the story ends in a good place for the characters where their uh. relationship has succeeded. Wow, that's why it's a fantasy, Frank. I, I was just going to say if I if I if I went through and ticked off each of my crime novels, that I, I would fail on a, a bunch of them yeah. under under that metric. Um, well, yeah, quite often mysteries and, and crime novels don't end in a happy mm-hmm. place, right? Especially hard boiled and noir. Yeah, and and horror is much the same in that regard, yeah. which is a good lead in to something I wanted to touch on before we go, and that is you're working on a horror novel right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have always, even when I'm doing romance, I either am working on ideas or writing short stories or something. But yeah, I'm I'm working on a novel now that has occurred to me recently. I won't say too much about it, but it, it does kind of reflect our current experience in this country with uh, levels of division and anger and kind of just exploring that. what what ha- What's happening to our brains that we yeah. are experiencing all this now and seeing so much? Um, whether you're seeing videos or on TV or, you know, reading books or magazine articles about it, I think it is affecting all of us, even those of mm-hmm. us who are like, I don't want to be an angry person. I'm not going to participate in that. It's, and so, so it's just, you know, when I'm driving around and I see somebody doing some, you know, road rage or somebody arguing on the sidewalk, I'm like, is, how is this affecting all of this? Mm-hmm. And especially with kids, you know, I've had mm-hmm. to explain to them when they were getting their driver's license. No, you do not ever flip off anybody. You do not. Those days are over where you can get in argument at the stoplight because you never know who has a gun or who's going to get out of their car and come beat you up. So none of that. And so yeah. this ties into your novel. In, I'm in just it's it's going to be a story that takes that the next step further, where people uh-huh. really start losing control. And I do think that it is affecting all of us, whether we're participating or not. Um, so it's going to explore that. Because now we're, we keep, it kind of keeps getting worse and worse. And I'm like, what's going to bring us back? What's going to mm-hmm. bring, how are we ever going to get back to being civil again? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a couple of years now of enduring what we've been enduring as a society. And so I think you make an excellent point. It, it's almost going to be something we have to relearn civility right. and just 
treating each other with, with a little bit of grace. And the other point that you make about about polarization, I think is also huge. I had a conversation with my best friend uh, a few months back, I guess September now, it's been a while. But one of the things that distressed him was that people uh, have made politics such a litmus test. And if you have a different mm-hmm. political view than I do, then now I must hate you. And it was a little bit right. of a simplification. I mean, he wasn't being that simple about it, but but that was kind of his point. It's like, well, gone are the days where, you know, I could just talk about sports instead yeah. or or be respectful of each other when the, the topic of where they disagree comes up. And just so, the idea that if somebody doesn't believe what you believe makes them a bad person. Exactly. Yeah. So the idea that you're coming at, I think has a lot of legs and I'll be very curious to see how you handle it. I, yeah, I, I am enjoying writing it. It's uncomfortable, but that is a place I like to be sometimes when I'm writing about this stuff. Clearly, clearly yeah. you like to go to the dark places. Yeah. And this one, it won't be a supernatural, but I have written about ghosts, especially I love a good ghost story. To me, there's a lot of poignancy in ghost stories because it's always about loss somewhere mm-hmm. around along the way and exploring mm-hmm. that. That's one thing I've always found. There's uh, a lot of horror is about loss. And there's some real deep emotions there to read about, not just the scares, which is the roller coaster adrenaline rush, but some really things to ponder. Well, you've certainly given all of us some things to ponder. um, And I wanted to say thanks for coming on the show. Oh, well, thank you. It's so nice to see you again. Hopefully someday soon in person. (laughs) Here's open. I'll buy the first round. All right, folks, there you go. Scotty Andrews. I uh, described her as bubbly and I could also say effervescent. Uh, she's got a great personality, a lot of energy, a lot of positive energy. It's kind of funny that that kind of person writes uh, mostly horror, uh, but also some romance. If either of those uh, tickles your fancy, give them a try. Get scared, get heartbroken, get titillated. You can try it all. All right, uh, next episode on Wrong Place, Right Crime, we are going to talk to a former law enforcement officer, David Putnam. Being a retired cop myself, it's always nice to uh, talk to someone who's been on the job. And uh, you can sit in on that conversation next episode on Wrong Place or Right Crime. Zafiro update for you. Episode 23 of a grifter song, Diamond Dogs, by Gabriel Valjean, is now available. Actually, the entire series uh, prior to that is also available, but uh, Gabriel's episode dropped on February 1st. Sam and Rachel find themselves in Newark, New Jersey with an old veteran grifter who wants them to help him run a diamond scam. Get your episode now on Amazon, Diamond Dogs by Gabriel Valjean, a grifter's song, number 23. I've got a few other projects coming up in the first half of the year that I'll share on future episodes as well. All right, I want to say a thank you to Scotty Andrews for coming on the show and to Down Notebooks for being a great sponsor. And as always, to you, the listener, for spending your half an hour here on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Scotty. Hope you show up next episode when I talk to David Putnam. I'll be back for that. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you gotta be in the wrong place to write crime.